Welcome to Power Wash Pals Power Washing Podcast. I've been a fan for such a long time. It's it's Thank just you. exciting to be here. To be yeah, here. I'm uh, I I'm surprised that you made it through the selection process, um, but we're here now. Wow, I that that was a little judgmental. Well, but I, okay, well, I, um, I get I get what you're saying. We're here about brutal realities. That's what this show is all about. Maybe, probably. Probably. Oh my God, your power washer is loud. Oh yeah, you might want to turn down the power washing volume because it it gets kind of loud. Yeah, but mine is uh actually you know what I'll I'll tone down my more to your level. I'm just a beginner scrub over here. I don't you, you don't have to show off for me. Here's this uh this one's kind of how's this one sound better? Yeah, that sounds like an actual power washer instead of like a gravity weapon destroying the thing you're spraying. Uh, it was pretty nice though. I mean, you can use you can use your phone. I'll, I'll just I'll okay. just start on the other side. That way, I'm not all up in your ears. I appreciate that. But anyway, introduce yourself for those that don't know you, which shouldn't be. Uh, yeah, I'd be surprised if there was any of them here. But uh, if you don't know me, my name is Bob Meiskins, uh, longtime friend of Mark, college roommate. I also do YouTube. We do a little podcasting together. If you don't know me, it's probably because you only watch Mark's like solo videos or I don't know. You you're here on the Distractable channel, but you don't listen to Distractable, which I would guess? be fascinating. But I bet there's I, it happens. There's got to be someone who's in that, that that category of never never seen Distractable. Not going to watch it, but here for this. Yeah, with with numbers when they get so high, there's just like a statistical probability that the kind of configuration we're thinking of of human being is out there currently. Oh, totes. And they should feel very special. It's a unique position. Whoever you are, good on you for sticking to your guns. I don't know. Yeah, sticking to your there's there's probably still some holdouts that are just like I will never listen to Distractable because I bet I'd like it, but they promoted it too much. Oh, I I see that on like the subreddit and stuff so much. Yeah. Like to this day, like once every couple weeks, maybe there's a post that's like, I tried to not listen to Distractable because Mark promoted it so hard, and I was like, oh god, and I finally <laughs> listened to it after three years. It's the best thing that's ever been made. <laughs> it, well, I get that it's it's annoying to hear us go on and on about please listen to the podcast, but like it's we we do that because we believe it is actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd like to think that people watch my stuff and generally trust what I have to say. So I'm like, I don't know why it's a questionable thing if I tell them, hey, this thing that. I'm a part of and is part of the same content you like is is I think you'll like it um, but I know. do I think it's I get with other with other like content creators influencer type people I totally get that because there are some people where like in a in a 10 minute and one second long video it's nine minutes of like buy the merch check out my podcast Love. oh yeah but you 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 don't do that like people who actually watch your stuff should know that if you're talking about something, it's because you either believe in it vehemently or you think it's really good and like they just they'll just like it. And yeah, you, so you're like, yeah. watch this. I think it'll really, you know, I just think you'll really enjoy this. I, I try to be really reserved about that kind of stuff because I yeah, I don't like the oversaturation. I believe that there's you know, I know it's a strategy. I know that like the call to well, action it thing works is the annoying it, thing. It, of it, course. But 
And and right now they the YouTube added a change where if you say the word subscribe or something like that, the subscribe the subscription button will glow. Oh. Did you know that? Subscribe, subscribe. Oh wait, this isn't on that. Yeah, no, I, I didn't hear about that. That's yeah. Is that yeah. just like uh algorithmic like it, if it get if it picks up that word in the auto transcripting stuff, it'll just do yeah. it? I I don't know if it happens more than once, but it definitely does glow the button. So I don't there's know. There's gotta be it is. some kind of funny exploit for that. <laughs> I mean, I mean it's just like be, yeah. if you say stuff that rhymes with subscribe or if a certain pattern comes up in your voice, you can mm-hmm. just make the, the button glow glow. <laughs> when you go into YouTube mode, it's like, and hey, be sure to hit that bell and subscribe. Leave a like. <laughs> As everyone does. It's, it's just going to permanently change speech patterns. There will never be another YouTube video where people talk normally because everyone's just like, ah, if I talk like this, the button's going to glow. Dude, ah, the internet has already changed people's speaking patterns. Well, like, yeah. Fundamentally. It, it's not so much about like everyone's like the YouTube reaction. There's there's actually like a wave of TikToks all the time that rises and falls. It's just like um, Gen Z calling out millennials for being cringe. Which oh, is, I've seen those. Or which, for talking super slowly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like part of that is definitely true. Uh, because there's 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 cringy people in every generation. I think that's that's definitely understood. But I think it's also because of the prevalence of like YouTube based or internet content showmanship, quote unquote, if you can call it showmanship. But it's like that. A lot of the the cringe videos I see are based on some of the worst habits that I see in terms of YouTube, and I've done mm-hmm. in the past. Like I'm not I'm not yeah. exempt from it either. But it's not so much about being a millennial. It's about being uh, like habitually on the internet. Yeah, I think those are funny because it's, yeah, that's the thing is like, it depends what part of the internet you're on. Because the yeah. ones the ones that I've seen is like complaints from Gen Z uh, people about like, oh, millennials talk super slow or they have this like, there's a cadence to it, right? Of like mm. expectation and then pausing and all this stuff. And it's like, well, I think that that is the kind of content I see when I'm on the internet also. Mm. Because probably I mostly watch people who are closer to my age range. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like Gen Z, uh, online, chronically online people from Gen Z are like, no, you should talk like Gen Z creators that I watch who all talk at like a thousand words per minute. And it's mm-hmm. like, I get, I, I get that. I'm not saying that's wrong, but. Yeah, it it's, it's, but I think it's a common mis, mis, identification of what it is uh, quality wise about makes some content appealing with that because there it's a skill right it's a talent to be able to talk quickly and be understood it's Mm -hmm. also a talent to talk quickly and be completely bullshit about what you're saying but in a convincing way that makes it sound like you know what you're talking about there there's Mm -hmm. different levels of it and i think like it's lost on people because not many people know this but speaking is an art you can everyone's like most everyone speaks not everyone is good at speaking not everyone is uh intelligent about it not just selecting the words that they're using but the patterns of expression that they're using because words aren't the main issue in terms of communication it's it's exploiting predictable patterns and recognition that is mass appealing to people that have been like that is understood by the most amount of people, even if what you're saying by definition isn't exactly what you're trying to get across there. There's another level of like group dynamics just to talk really conceptually about it. There's another level of group psychology that comes into play in public speaking that is using terms that are not definite by not 
definitively correct, but are understood to be a certain way. And that comes in patterns. It's not just about definitions, it's patterns. Mm -hmm. And those patterns of speech can be done poorly, just like an instrument can be played poorly. And mistakes can be made, but also mistakes can be beautiful in music. And it's like the same thing applies to speech. Cause, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I don't know. I don't know if this captures exactly what you're saying, but this is something I think about a lot. Is like I, I think I can be funny. I think I, I have like some skills as a speaker and like some understanding of language to the point where I, I'm totally capable of being pretty funny. A lot of the times, I cringe at my own attempts to like make a joke or or hit a punchline or whatever. But like the thing that I think makes me funny is not the words that I say at all. I, I honestly think I'm painfully uncreative when it comes to like vocabulary but it's mm -hmm. cadence it's yes. like i think about a lot like what speed are am i hitting this with where like where and it's not a conscious thing when i'm in when we're doing like the podcast it's a thing or it's improv but i think about when i'm analyzing something if i'm watching it afterwards or editing something god forbid of my own <laughs> voice uh, i think about a lot like oh that it that that pause right there, like that was an interesting instinct. Why did I do that? And also, why did that make that funny? Because in you know, in another more normal cadence, what I said right there, not that funny, objectively, mm -hmm. pretty stupid. And I think it's very like I wish I, I honestly I get a little jealous of you and uh, to a, a like a really big extent, Wade. When we do stuff together, I think mm -hmm. Wade is fascinating in his word choices. And the way that he like associates language and words together. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's but it's, those are like both those are all all things that encompass like being a good speaker, being entertaining or funny or charming or whatever. And like Yeah. I th I think that most people would agree objectively you are very funny. And I'm not just saying that to compliment you. Well, I mean you could take it as a compliment, of course, yeah, because I'll take it is. It yeah. <laughs> but even that, even that, even that. It's like, yeah, it's it's these things uh all come from something that you actually touched on that I, I really try to make people understand out there for anyone listening. The best way to improve in terms of like entertainment or any kind of artistic form is self-criticism. It's self-analysis. And a lot of people like yourself probably don't like watching themselves. They don't like the sound of their oh, own voice. Yeah, no way. Hate it. Um, but me, I've never really had that problem. And it's not that I don't cringe at some things that I do. It's like I I edit a lot of my own stuff. I'm editing the movie right now, and I'm seeing through all the takes that I'm doing. And a lot of them are not what I want them to be. They're not great. There's some really bad performances on some takes that happen for one reason or another. I stumbled mm -hmm. over a word. The emotion was completely forced. Something like that. I don't shy away from them because simply by identifying that it was not what I wanted or that it wasn't what I wanted, meant that I can closer identify what I do want. Because what you want, and a, well, a lot of people out there, uh, it, it's a common phrase that you don't know what you want. That's true even for yourself. But you can identify the shadow of what you want by looking at all the mistakes that you've made. So that kind of self-analysis and looking back on what you did and repetition of that process is what allows you to better form who you really are what works as a performer and being true to yourself and understanding that and honing in, like not deluding yourself and like, I'm great. And I don't need to look at what I do. Always being analytical about it is what's going to allow you to constantly grow. And so I, I'm glad you said that because it is, it's such a big process that everyone tends to ignore or not want to do. Yeah. Well, and so I, I will say that that makes me think about, I guess it's a hard process to figure out in terms of like, 
being trying to be objective about it instead of you know just like cringing and being like ooh I don't like that because I, and then the the what that made me think of is one of the most fun things I've ever gotten to do is filming stuff with you like heist and like in space mm-hmm. where it was like it wasn't just like what we normally do where it's there's you know no performance is the last performance even on the podcast right there's episodes but like there's always another episode so if something happens i can listen back and i can be like oh, i didn't really like that how i approached that or like that bit i tried to work do this is why it didn't work i didn't like you know if i if i go for something like that in the future i have that context but acting on like you're talking about with the movie there's a you need one take there's a final mm-hmm. take there's no like oh well next time i'll do it differently there's a little bit of that, but like also the thing you're making right now, the take you're doing right now, mm. one of those takes, unless it gets cut completely, goes into the movie, yeah. the show, the whatever. And so it's I it's super fun being on set in the things that you've invited me to be on, but it's so much harder because in real time, like the most external reflection you get on set is like there's playback between takes you might get to look at playback of whatever the last take or two was and see how it looked and maybe hear how it kind of sounded but not really how it sounded Mm -hmm. and you you have to be conscious and analyze and like some of the extras were super helpful in like giving me tints and giving me their take on stuff because i really didn't like especially as bert i thought Mm -hmm. that my character in 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 space i love the character i It's like, I thought it was hilarious, and I thought I did a, such a poor job for what I wanted him to be and, like, how funny I thought the character was. Mm-hmm. And it was so, the thing was, it was so difficult to, like, do do the lines, do the do the scene, do the take, and then afterwards immediately be like, why didn't that work? That felt weird. What And think through, like, be self-critical without the benefit of just, like, watching it in editing, watching it over, having time to think. The, that's you know I always thought like oh acting seems so fun and it is fun but like the at least part of the hard part of acting that I feel like I got exposure to was like doing that being open to that a whole day day after day of like being self critical looking at what you just did and trying to tweak it and get exactly what you want mm-hmm. it's really freaking hard it is there, yeah. there's a there's a cutoff where it's like no more takes that's it we're moving on and there's I never, maybe once or twice in when we were filming the stuff in in space when I was Bert, I finished and we were like, all right, next setup. And I was like, cool, I'm happy. I'm really happy with that. I think I got everything I was hoping to. I hope it looks good. Mm. Every time we cut on move to the next thing, I was like, God damn it. <laughs> like, why didn't that feel right? Like, I don't know why it didn't feel right. But part of me is like, ah, I should have done something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it is so much harder than people know. Everyone looks at acting and they're like, oh, man, that seems like such a fun job. I just need a chance to do it. It's it's work. And that's why, like, in the long run, I don't want to do acting as a full time thing. I'd rather be the director. I'd rather be in the director's chair and just guiding the process of the storytelling. But yeah, acting is just such a psychologically damaging <laughs> like uh, job. It It is pure self-criticism. And also it's like a risk because when you leave a scene like that and you don't know if you did it well, you just have to kind of trust like, 
all right, there it goes. Um, in six months, this is going to hurt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, everyone, you know, you can kind of get the vibe on set and everyone is cool. Like no one is like, that was awful. And let's move on. <laughs> but like you, you, it's, it feels like a big risk of like, I feel terrible about that. And Amy is sitting at the video village and like, everyone is like, no, we got it. Perfect. That's good. We definitely, one of those last ones is exactly what we want moving mm-hmm. on. And I'm like, Oh God, I don't know guys. Yeah. I'm going to trust your judgment, but like, ugh. yeah, <laughs> and it, it did turn out great. I hope you I hope you think that like uh, Bert is easily one of my favorite characters, a lot of people's favorite characters, but it's a difficult character to do right, despite his simplicity, because it's just it's, it's hard to get across a whole character when he says two words. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah is- I mean, you told me it was kind of based on Scruffy from Futurama and yeah. like. That was, you know, when I thought about it ahead of time, that was sort of where I based it. And Scruffy seems like such a simple character, and and some and Bert shares that in a lot of ways. But it was like, when I only get to say two words, there's not a lot of room for correction. I have to be way more physical than I am when I, you know, it's it's like there's a lot of communication that you have to do, and you get less words to do it in. Mm-hmm. It's, it's uh, it was super fun. I'm not saying it's not fun. Good, if you want to be an actor, it's like. It's like playing a game with your friends, honestly. It is. But to yeah. do it well is like, it's very stressful. It's pressure. And I, that, uh, that was always surprising to me because it, I'm definitely one of those people where I was like, yeah, acting seems cool. I could probably be an actor. Yeah, I'm pretty funny. Like, uh, I could maybe do it, but it's, it's, it's a lot of work. Like, I'm not just going to walk onto a professional set and be like, yep, I got it. That's a good yeah. take. Yeah, because it's like then you're not you're not even with like your friends. You're with complete strangers who don't know you and don't understand like the nuance of it. Uh, of well, what and you're they're going not. For. I can imagine in a professional setting, if you're on a TV or whatever, they're not there to be like, "Oh, you can do it." They're there to be like, "No, not no. <laughs> that's not that's not what we wanted at all." We're gonna, let's do that again and do it do it better, please. <laughs> can you like, uh, okay. can you actually try with this one? Are you acting or are you just like? <laughs> Are you pretending to act? Where are we? What are we are doing? You, so in the character, you're acting like you can't act. Is that yeah. how this is? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can imagine that would be a little, um, that would be some psychological stress. Oh, just a little bit. In that sort of setting. but Yeah, which is why I don't want to do it professionally. I mean, I've, I've worked really hard to become better at it, but I think that in the long run, I just like telling stories. So I'm going to focus on that as opposed to the other parts of it. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Everyone loves Mint Mobile, and it's time for more Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. If you say a word too much, it doesn't sound like a word anymore. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile. Did you know Mint Mobile has unlimited talk and text? Everyone knows Mint Mobile has unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows you can save with Mint Mobile. M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash distractible. Use distractible. Use the slash distractible. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash distractible. That's M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash D-I-S-T-R-A-C-T-I-B-L-E. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month for the first three months only. Speed slower than 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. In that way, I think that a lot of people can take it's not just acting that this applies to Uh, kind of self-reflection is a 
fundamental. I believe it's a fundamental part of learning who you are and becoming the best person you can be, if that is your goal, which I think most people, it is their goal. Like the discipline of self-reflection is necessary to become a better actor, but also just like in any, in any kind of discipline that you have in any craft in any creative endeavor, which, you know, at the end of the day, most things that people want to do are creative endeavors. They may not call it art, but the act of creation is kind of the, it's a bold claim to say it's the basis of happiness, but I believe it's the basis of my happiness. And I, I think that not just making videos is part of it, but it's like making anything, making, you know, a program, making a game, making, you know, um, money, whatever. It's like there, you got to be creative to do it and you got to an analyze your shortfalls to be able to know what to work on so that you can do better next time. And so that's like just a fundamental thing that I hope is not lost for people um, going through life. Not that I have the answers, but you know, again, I, I know what I don't like and I need to face what I don't like so that I can learn what I do like and what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, I don't have well, a and, point to make there, but yeah, no, that's... well, this, this is, uh, I guess making me think about this might just be a me thing, but mm -hmm. I do feel like, uh, like accurate self-reflection, I think is a big part of uh, something that people struggle with. I think people struggle with a lot is like, how getting hung up and and especially being bothered internally about like what you think other people think of you mm -hmm. is a really like painful and tough thing to deal with i think people spend it seems like people spend a lot of time worried about like oh how did that how did i come across like oh did they did they secretly not like me did that you know how did that how was that interaction and at least for me like feeling like i have a very well, not very, but as accurate and as like objective as I can be self-reflection on stuff, mm -hmm. I guess gives me more confidence in like, you know, I don't know how someone reacted in, inside their own mind to whatever I said or did if we were hanging it out or had some kind of interaction. But I can look at a situation and at least feel like, you know, I, I didn't do anything, you know, that's like, not true to myself. I feel like I represented myself well or accurately. And like, I, it, it makes me feel more confident in social situations, I guess is what I'm getting at mm -hmm. because yeah. it can be really tough to feel like you, you know, where you stand with people. People can mm -hmm. be super judgmental, can be catty, can keep things inside about, you know, maybe they didn't like something and they are just going to not say it, but hold it against you or whatever. And I get that. That's like people spend a lot of time fretting about that. And, uh, you know, I have the unearned confidence of a uh, white man in his 30s, so maybe mm. I'm not special. Maybe I, that just helps me. But, like, I do think self-reflection is something that could help build confidence in people where, at the very least, you can try and fall back on, like, I don't know how they feel necessarily, but I don't think I did anything, you know. I didn't. I, mean, I represented myself well. I, I mm. was true to myself I didn't say anything that doesn't, you know, doesn't jive with my values or who I want to be and who I want people to see me as. So, like, that's the most you can do. How people react to you is pretty outside your control in, yeah, in social definitely. situations. But, I don't know, it just, I guess that feels to me like kind of part of the source of my personal confidence, mm -hmm. which really comes and goes, but it, at least it helps. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, all of it is is kind of like when when people are interacting with other people and they're critical of things that they're doing it it does often come from a place of insecurity 
or it comes from a place of wisdom and they really do know what they're talking about and you are just like terrible and you should listen to them but that's rare you know and honestly if you take if you get criticism from someone that really knows what they're doing maybe you should self-reflect and uh maybe maybe i am doing something wrong there but that's a completely outside case uh anyway Enough of the philosophy of 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 self analysis oh. and the e- death of the ego. Unless you want to keep talking about that. No. Well, if you have something you want to talk about, I'm gonna, I just this power washing makes me philosophical. Apparently. Well, we can keep being philosophical because I, I was I was. What were you gonna f- bring up? I don't know. I was just gonna bring up like what games you play. <laughs> oh no, oh, no. no no! I think that's interesting. Uh, I think that's interesting right now, actually. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Uh, right now, what I'm playing primarily, I would say, is Pokemon Yellow version. Boo. Boo for Pokemon in general, not just for Yellow. Well, version. it's classic. I it, don't like it. I ha- I got one of those like emulator-type systems, and it's the only thing that I have where the battery lasts long enough that if I forget to plug it in, I can still play it. Mm-hmm. And if I need to turn it off at a moment's notice for a crying baby, Boom. Mm. No, no lost save data. No online game nonsense. Whatever. I, yeah, I having a kid just kind of makes everything really difficult. So Pokemon, you know. Why? Why would having a kid make things difficult? I can't imagine that. Oh well, it's not him. It's me, really. So <laughs> oh, look. So you're trying to get unphilosophical. Can no, I say, get to the law. go. Ha- yeah. ha- having a kid. I've been I've done a lot of stuff and experienced a lot of things, and I'm not by no means like a wise old head or anything, but. I'm in my 30s, you know, so I've I've seen some stuff and nothing in my life has come close to causing me the kind of like self-doubt and internal angst that mm. having a kid has caused. And it has nothing to do with him. He's fine. He's mm. honestly doing great. He's he's developing really well. He's a he's really smart. Like he's doing fine. But every moment of every day I and maybe other people have this and I just didn't it wasn't an adult until now but I, every moment i'm like god that kid deserves just like everything he deserves the best dad he can get he deserves the best opportunities such a great kid man am i not that like oh god <laughs> like what if uh, what if i ruin his life because i'm a really mediocre parent oh geez I, and i don't think i'm doing anything wrong and like yeah, i yeah. i constantly ask mandy too and she's like i think think you're fine like it's okay i think you're doing fine but internally it's just like god he deserves everything Mm -hmm. he deserves such a better dad than me (laughs) i've never felt that before but god is that crushing when you have for me at least with having having a baby in the house uh you know i think that's actually kind of a beautiful thing uh because you could be the kind of parent that's like plop him in a high chair put an ipad in front of him and i'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing sometimes but it's just like and then eh, it'll be fine it'll work itself out um but i think that's part of the introspection thing like you you recognize the things that you don't want to do like fuck up this new developing human and you can identify like my own shortcomings are inexcusable anymore and I need to address them because there is so much more at stake. I love the concept of having something so important that you would be willing to do anything, you know, to be better for that thing or at least learn enough more to identify the qualities with within you already that that need to shine brighter so that those can be 
you know, reflected in, you know, this baby. Um, I obviously don't have any experience with it, but I think it's like that's that's kind of like another facet that is just so fascinating about human nature and the ability to look forward and, and plan for the future and hope for the future and and understand that the the present is important for that future to become a reality. I obviously don't have any wisdom to apply to this, but I just think it's it's a really cool opportunity. Probably scary as hell, but, you know, it's a cool opportunity. Yeah, no, I mean, it's... It, so he's been... Um, he's actually doing pretty good right now, even though, like, our whole house is apparently coming down with COVID at the moment. Great. Um, mm-hmm. COVID's over. Joy. What are you talking about? Oh, no, that, that's right. It must be something else. Um... <laughs> But uh, like he's he's okay. But man, I hope that I start actually following through on some of this stuff. Because yeah, like what what you're saying is like yes, I I will do anything. But also, it's really hard to change fundamental things about yourself as a yeah. person. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's where part of the strife comes through is like oh well, you know. Until now, I've always been like oh, I'm kind of overweight, but you know, I'll I'll eat better later. And now it's like I shouldn't have put this off. Mm. I I need to change immediately, but that's not how that works. Like I, you know, the changes are gonna take a long time in terms of like habits around eating, habits around health, habits mm. around how much screen time I get every day, all this sort of stuff. It's like I I feel a strong urgency to be perfect right now, but also I, that's just not how it works. And I just need to be here right now and as good as I can be. For him and not worry too much about No, no, that. your gut's right. Yeah, you gotta change now, or it's too late. Yeah, well, it's already too late. He's here. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Okay. He's well, already learning my bad habits. Then he's give up. Basically, yeah, he's basically already ruined. Ah, uh, okay, all right. Well you get him on the next one. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll have to go around again. <laughs> Sorry, first child. <laughs> Uh, but nah. yeah, it's uh, it's wild. I there was a lot of stuff that I was mentally prepared for in terms of like having a kid, and that I knew it would be hard, and I knew you know all these things I expected. I did not expect the completely shattering, constant self doubt that comes with the idea of like I'm I'm not solely responsible for him. Thank God he has Mandy as well. And like people, lots of people in his life who love him, his grandparents and people, and you know, people who want him and will help him as much as they can. Mm. But I'm in large part responsible for it. And I'm awful. (laughs) I was just not, no, I know. I know. It's just like, (laughs) I wasn't prepared for that. That's not in any of the books I read. Someone needs Mm -hmm. to write a, how to be a dad book that involves like, Oh, and also all those things about yourself that you kind of brush under the rug and you try and cope, you know, anything you don't like about yourself that gets magnified. Mm. That's the only thing you think about now. Yeah. It's uh, in, and again, I don't have any experience with like that specifically, but that I know in, in smaller scale, like being unprepared for things and having that lesson learned many times. And I've made the mistake many times being unprepared for productions, things like that, scrambling, not getting things done in time, that fear, that fear drives me in a lot of things. It's not so much a fear. It's just like, I know the consequences of being ill-prepared. And with a, a child, you don't have the benefit of like, well, it's just a project or it's just like a short film or it's just like a heist or something where it's like some mistakes could be made. It's like, no, those are going to be reflected forever. It's just a human being. Yeah. So like, yeah, that that definitely is probably the ultimate 
um, test and the ultimate deadline of, yeah, you're, all your shortcomings are here and now. But also, I believe that that can be the greatest catalyst for change. Because I don't know, uh, like we've talked about many times, but one of the big reasons that I started doing what I do now and you were there at the time is because I had a tumor and because I lost a job and I had that bad relationship and a lot of things were going wrong in my life that just kind of was a, a wake up call that I am not uh, or the universe is not at my beck and call. It's not going to wait for me to be ready to be what I need to be. I got to do something now or a tumor can just happen and I can just kind of die. It was a huge wake up call to me. And it's it didn't even like was a, an affectation of like someone else being affected. It was just me realizing for my own life, oh, I haven't done anything. I have made no choices. I have I have said in my mind and to other people so many things, but I have done nothing. And I I I keep thinking that I did. That's the worst part of it, is that I thought I was making progress and I wasn't. Mm. And when the bill comes due for that reality check, it's like that's that was devastating for me. And yet that is even that is just a small fraction of like the consequences of another life. I mean, I guess for everyone, they can understand it. it's their own life for the first life that you're responsible for is your own. And, you know, that is something that also can be fucked up. And it's also something that you can recover from. It's not irredeemable in almost all circumstances. But it's like, yeah, the weight of that responsibility for being responsible for your own existence is something grand and then your place in in like greater civilization or society whatever you want to say about we live in a society just like living amongst other humans as a whole is another sense of responsibility and then a new life like that's that's another sense of responsibility it's the part of the the death of innocence and like you know losing childhood is is the realization that you have actual responsibilities that that can be crushing for many people and uh yeah yeah. Well, and that kind of ties back to self-reflection for me. What you said about uh, feeling like you were making progress mm. and having having to wrangle with, like realizing that you really you're just saying things and you haven't actually <laughs> made you haven't actually done things. You've just like made promises, even if it's just to yourself. Yeah. I can't uh, like I can't count the number of times where I'm like I get you know sick or I have some health thing you know because I'm diabetic and I have. I've been diagnosed with that for almost coming up on two decades here pretty soon. And it's like that that's a pretty serious, totally manageable, but pretty serious, like life changing thing. And there have been so many times where I'm like, never going to eat a sugar or carb again like that. Mm -hmm. This was a health scare I've got. And I have promised myself a lot in that context. And then there's every once in a while, I just have to face the rally. I'm like, I didn't follow through on that I didn't actually do that that doesn't count as progress just because mm -hmm. I got I got freaked out and was like oh I'll do it I'll never you know I'll change my ways it's way harder to uh, actually do something follow through on something and like I don't know make that change maybe that's mm -hmm. just me being uh, privileged lazy no right person, now there's like, probably thousands of people that are cringing like oh, no I know. I know the truth. It, oh. it feels so good to be like, I'm going to change. I'm going to work out. And like, you make all these promises and then you can, in the, you just like push that to the back of your mind for a while. You're like, all right, don't assess that. Just rely on those promises. We made ourselves. It feels so good. <laughs> and, but at some, you know, inevitably there's that point where you're like, Oh God, I didn't, I didn't. 
It doesn't count. I didn't do it. Oh, yeah. It's, um, yeah, I, I, I don't have the answers to all this either because from the outside, it can probably look like I've got it together. I'm doing what I want. I can chase my dreams. I still, all the time, all the time, I'm like, oh, why was I staring at TikTok for three hours straight oh in the morning God, instead dude, of yeah. just walking the dogs? Like, why didn't I do that? I could have done both at the same time. And it's like, yet I chose to sit on my, my kitchen, um, sit at my kitchen table and just like browse TikTok or play some puzzle game or, or something like that instead of yeah, doing the thing that is crap. important. We tell, our mind tells us the most convincing lies. And, well, we tell ourselves the most convincing lies. I'm not oh, a big It's just so easy of, to believe it, too. It's so easy to believe that, it. That trap of like, oh, just, oh, what is it? It's like, it's, t- it's 945. I don't have anything, you know, till like 11. Let, I'll just, until like 10 o'clock, I'll just give myself a break. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll just and then it, uh, all of a sudden it's like ten fifty eight, and it's like, oh, I gotta be on that call. Oh God, <laughs> like what happened? Like it's yeah. so the, telling yourself at the beginning the lie of like, oh, just a little, and then mm-hmm. getting sucked into that hole of whatever it is, social media or videos or like whatever. Yeah, it's not what you're supposed to be doing. I have a question though. You got diagnosed with uh, ADHD recently. Oh, maybe not recently now, but fairly uh, recently, right? Yeah, nine months ago. I guess it feels recently, but also we moved across the country and stuff since then. So it's been mm-hmm. a little while. Yeah. Do you feel like um, uh, getting on medication or getting that diagnosis has helped with some of that? Because some of it is like it's like I I recognize it with ADHD. Some of it is just like. On a fundamental basis, and I don't take it as an excuse, but on a fundamental basis, it can be hard to hold on to those promises and ideas. Like literally, it's I know they're just as important, and I'm trying to commit to them. I just forget about them because it's like slips out no. of my mind because other things chime yeah. in. Yeah, that's a that's a big thing for me. Is like um, I it's not with a lot of stuff in life. It's not that I make a promise and then I'm consciously like, oh, I'm just not going to do that. That's annoying. It's that I if it's not in front of my eyeballs. Mm-hmm. I forget it exists. Yeah, absolutely. And it's literally like, it'll be like 10 o'clock at night, and it's like, I, I, I was supposed to do the dishes or something. Really, really mundane, really not that hard, and I just forgot, and now it's too late because I have a sleeping baby in my arms or whatever, and it's like, I, I do think I, one of my things was I, I am on medication for ADD, but I, I really want to avoid um, stimulants, Mm-hmm. And for no reason other than I'm just worried about like, you know, you can if you if you get to a place where the stimulants are helping, you kind of mm-hmm. get hooked on them. Like if you if you have to change your medicine or stop or you can't get it because there mm-hmm. has been a shortage, then like it's, you know, painful. Right. Because it's you when you go from having that to not having that medicine, you're like reliant on it or your brain doesn't work right anymore. It's it's not necessarily like that, but to some degree, you can you can get dependent Mm -hmm. on them, and and psychologically, you can get dependent on them. I'm not like an addictive person, generally, but like Mm -hmm. I I do feel like I'm addicted to stuff that's quickly satisfying. Like Mm -hmm. that's part of my problem with food is I feel like I'm kind of addicted to like the the dopamine hit of like "Mm, delicious snack. Ooh, I need Mm -hmm. another one. And I'm yeah, yeah. so I haven't like worried about that, but with the medicine, but I yeah, do think I, it's helping. I do think it's helping, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Longest. And that's why, like, I believe that medications like Adderall 
for the long term can be very problematic because they do have that kind of rush effect. And I know this because I used to take it. I don't take it anymore, um, but I used to take it because it has that rush effect of like, oh, yeah. And then some people who take Adderall are like, oh, this is what it's like for everybody. No, it's not what it's like for everybody. The thing about that particular medication is that it's an extremely strong stimulant. It is extremely strong. And it's so strong that I think the long-term effects are only now just starting to be understood about um, things like that. And I'm not a doctor. I'm only speaking from my own personal experience, but I, I definitely, you build a tolerance to it. You become dependent on it. And it, it creates this illusion that you are not who you need to be without the medication. And that's something that people should be mindful of. Um, hence why I, I don't take it anymore um, because I did not want to chase the route of constantly increasing the dosage to chase down like, oh, I got to be better and I, this is the only way to do it because it, it can be a problem and it's something that could be self-reflective. And that's why I like the medication that I'm on now is because it, it works better in conjunction with actual therapies that are like based to create habits that help you address the deficiencies in your life. And that's because it's like attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, you know, um, it's, it's you, you create systems that you can bring it up. And also you have a medicine that can assist with that to bridge the gap between building the proper habits. And it's not yep. that you can't do that with Adderall. It's just like Adderall is much easier to be not necessarily abused, but over relied on. And again, not a doctor, but that's just my opinion on it. Yeah, no, and that's a big thing, too, is, like, it's a lot of what has helped, I think, is being just aware of it. Because uh, Mandy is almost the opposite of me in terms of, like, uh, she's not obsessive, I don't think it's fair to say, but she is in insanely thoughtful, right? Anytime anything is happening, she is like, okay, what, what needs to be top of mind? She's always got stuff together. She's just, like, really, really good about, like, keeping track of things, of, like, not dropping the ball and so it it was it's a problem when i agree to do something and then forget that that thing exists and mandy mm -hmm. is like relying on me and it's again not a conscious decision mm -hmm. but that doesn't change the impact that it has on exactly, her yeah. and on and so like be, just being conscious of that and being like i i want to agree to do this because you know i want to whatever i want to help share the responsibility whatever thing it is but I need to like write it on my hand or on the refrigerator. I need to set about 17 alarms that all continue to go off for an hour and a half until I do the thing. Just, just like creating stuff like that, where it's like being aware of what my problems are and circumventing them through try to foolproof stuff as much as possible has helped. Mm -hmm. I think as much as the medicine has, the medicine makes it less painful to to fight through the like executive dysfunction sort of issue of yeah. of ADD stuff but the the habits and the like systems are what actually help me remember the things I need to remember and have changed you know have changed it to where I'm I'm not just the guy who forgets 5 seconds after you tell him to do something I might forget but then eventually my phone goes off or the note that I wrote myself or whatever like the systems do their job and I come back around to like, Oh, right, right, right. I'm doing that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to take care of it. Mm -hmm. But I will say it. All, that's another thing. That's not at all the baby's fault, but this all came around. I was diagnosed 
and started like treatment and stuff while Mandy was pregnant. Mm. That's another thing that really really cuts into the self confidence is <laughs> when when I'm when I was blissfully you know unconscious of like what what all am I forgetting? How is ADD affecting people around me? You know all the time. Mm. It doesn't hurt so much. It's like oh sorry sorry I forgot to do the thing. I'll do it. You know, and that for Mandy, uh, that was terrible for her. And she's like, God, why can't he just, you know, do the thing? Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like, ah, sorry, I'll just fix it. I'll, my bad. Now mm-hmm. that I'm conscious of, like, that people are, you know, I understand that there's people are relying on me and that that's not just me goofing. That's me, like, you know, really undermining their ability to trust me and to rely on me as, like, a partner or a husband mm-hmm. or a father or whatever. That hurts way more when you're conscious about it. You need yeah. to be conscious about it, I think, to try and work on it because you have to really come up with what, what works, what helps me avoid, you know, forgetting to do the things I, I'm responsible for. What can I, how do I prevent that? But then I still make the mistakes. And every mm. time I forget something, or every time Mandy's like, did you whatever? And I'm like, oh, fuck. No, mm. it, it hurts. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm just like, I know that that's not just like, oh, oopsie. That's, you know, once again, I have let you down. And it's a thing that I, even though it's, you know, I, I am diagnosed and whatever, it's not an excuse. It's not like that makes it okay. I miss mm-hmm. if I'm just as responsible for whatever that was as if I had a, you know, totally normally whatever functioning brain that didn't have ADHD. It's mm-hmm. just, just like, oh, but I guess it, being conscious of it, although it hurts, it also motivates me more strongly to like, okay, well, that system needs to be improved or changed then, right? Because that can't yeah. happen again. Tweak the thing, keep trying to improve it to where now I definitely can't forget. Unless yeah. X thing happens, then I'll definitely forget <laughs> next time. But then I'll fix it after that time. Mm-hmm. Probably like 80% chance I'll never forget again, maybe. And then you do that for the rest of your life until you're dead. Yeah, well. <laughs> well, did you see there was a science article? We're almost done with this, but there was a there was an article. I don't know what it was. I didn't actually read it. I just read the headline, which is a terrible thing to do about science <laughs> articles. Don't do this. <laughs> but it was just like it was a it was like I, I bet it's not even what the article was. The actual scientific scholarly article was about. But it was like scientists determined free will doesn't exist. Or it was some sensational headline like that. Oh, um, neat. did you see this? No. Why, why well, doesn't free will exist, Mark? I don't know. I didn't read the article. Oh, damn it. Well, why don't just, you think free will exists? That's my question. I mean, I don't not think that free will doesn't not exist. Uh, right, yeah, right. Me, yeah, exactly. Me too. Well, okay. Here's the, here's the thing. I don't know what the article is about, and I don't want to talk about the validity of the article, but what I would like to discuss. Oh, by the way, can, you want to see something cool just to, before we get into this? Eh? See, you know your puny washer there? Watch this bad boy. I could wash this whole thing in like five minutes if I had this. Good God. This is what you get at the very last level for some reason. I can't remember why. I'm useless. Yeah, I know, right? It's okay. Don't worry about it. Uh, But anyway, so I think that there's a misconception, though, about free will because a lot of like people are always just like, what's the meaning of life? And it's not like I have the answer because it's more that I just don't really care. I have what I have. And I'll do what I do no matter what. But I think there's a misconception about free will in that people think the free will means you can do anything. And that's not true because, of course, you can't do everything. 
But I believe, you know, people have free will because they can do something. They could do a few things. They could make a decision to enact change. And it was like, you know, I talked, I think I talked to Wade about this or maybe on the podcast, but it was just like the idea that you can take something that is purely thought in your mind. I know you can't visualize it and that's, that sucks for you. <laughs> that's really I'm sad fine. for you. Okay. Uh, I'm good. Yeah. I can imagine how sad it is. Um, but you could take, <laughs> you could take a thought that's in your head, a concept, and you can make it a reality. You can, you can, you can affect the world around you with your thoughts and you can turn something that was nothing but brainwaves into something tangible and physical in the world. And, mm -hmm. you know, then of course there's a debate that people, well, armchair philosophers are going to like, well, of course your thoughts are real because you're, you know, matter and energy. It's like, yeah, I know. Okay. Shut up. Like you're right, but also shut up. And that's many things in life. He's like, yeah, you're right, but shut up. It's, it's the thing about like, you can take what you imagine and you can make it into something that will not only become real, but affect other people. Right. And I think that's the most beautiful thing that we can do is, is we can affect those around us in good ways and bad ways. But something beautiful doesn't always have to be something good um, all the time. The, the difference is that it's good sometimes to some people and bad for others. And but it's change and it's it's change that you can do. And that's crazy. That's that's crazy to think about. How is this webbing not done? Oh, is it the webbing that's not done? Yeah, you, you got a list now of the... Okay, there we go. And then the fin. Fin at the back of the hand. Yeah, and it's just like the ability to change something and exert will um, makes things happen. And even in this digital thing, we exerted our will on this guy's fin. And um, uh, it'll forever be changed. If we can find where the last freaking fin is. Ah, I found it. Done. Oh, biscuits. Oh, did you want? I should have let. Yeah, I should have. No, let the I, I thought it was this whole thing. I didn't realize these were all little pieces. Yeah, that's the annoying I thing see. about this game is it often uh, is in all these tiny little pieces. Anyway, did you know the notice the parade of cats? I uh, hear them. Oh, hey, cats. Yeah, and then there's a gnome watching us. Where's the gnome? <laughs> oh, you don't see the gnome? Oh, there he is. Mm -hmm. Can I go over to the cats? Nope. Invisible wall. Anyway, good talk. Uh, I'm sure we gave people existential crises. Enjoy that, but feel good in the fact that you know exactly how cringy you are, and you don't have mm -hmm. to worry about if anyone else thinks you're cringy. Oh, yeah. You already know. Yeah, exactly. Don't worry. You're welcome. Your feelings are valid that you are cringe. Mm-hmm. And we are, too. I'm pretty cool, uh, Whoa, hey. I'm just going to lay down you on the finger of... Can't fight oh. the beam. Goodbye. Okay. All right. That's it. Go check out Bob. And Distractable. All right. See ya. Uh-oh.